well, climbing over that wall. Mm. I remember, yes, I remember, yes, I remember it all. Swear the hype be too tall. So like September, I fall down below. Now know that the medicine be on call. Yeah. What's up, guys? Welcome back to uh, Under the Covers. This is going to be episode four. It's presented by No Easy Buckets. I'm. This is your host, Jacob. Joined once again by the guys, Clay and Money Mike. Uh, we had a uh, uh, last week was week three in college football. Um, you know, week two for most of the big schools. Uh, how'd the records go, guys? What was what happened? Well, we had a bad week for week <laughs> two over here. Uh, embarrassingly, went one and four. However, I'm just I'm still positive because, like Clay said last week, you lose it in week two and week one to win it back for the rest of the year. Um, I'm definitely on. You know, I'm happy that my alma mater actually covered. So, if there's any silver lining to last week, <laughs> I think it's that. Plus, Memphis really shit the bed. Uh, Arizona, if they would have played even, you know, one quarter fully, we would have hit the over because Houston was doing it all by themselves. Uh, A&M hosted a good game. Jimbo had them ready, so there's some light in uh, Aggieland. And then um, Kansas is obviously – That one uh, killed everybody. That really did upset me the most. But overall, we just got to keep moving. Yep. How about you, Clay? Man, it feels good. First ever winning week on the uh, podcast. So, I'm pretty high on the horse this week. We had a three and two week. We lost uh, over under by half a point in the Georgia-South Carolina game. Got a pick six within the first minute. So, those never help out your unders. So we're one point away from having a four and one week, but you're not trying to wreck the bookie in week two. You're not trying to get the federal's attention on you this early. No. So went two and three, three and two. Looks like week three here. We're going four and one with five games. We've got five favorites lined up this week. Don't really like to do that, but when there's free money out there, you take it where you can get it. Heard that. Heard that. I mean, you got to, you got to take it where you can get it. Um, there was a couple stories we wanted to go over. Uh, Mike, you had a couple things you want to talk about from last week. There was some uh, a couple storylines, um, you know, kind of uh, – there wasn't as many big games last week. There was a couple things that stood out. Um, what you uh, – what kind of – what was the uh, biggest to you? The biggest standout for me? Yeah. I would have to say it was – overall, I'm pretty upset with how Memphis played, honestly. I think uh, – Mike Norvell was making boneheaded calls towards the end of that game. Uh, Clay will spit the Daryl Henderson stats for you, but at least we know that Memphis doesn't have as good of a quarterback as we thought with Brady White. But, you know, it's early, but obviously that's not a good start for the Tigers. So I think that's my most disappointing one. Yeah. Uh Clay, do you have anything from last week? I mean, I know we all watched the uh, – something for me, I know we all watched the A&M Clemson game, and, you know, Kellen Mond really looked like he, – he knew – he it really looked like he was a different quarterback playing against a bunch of NFL defensive linemen. Are we about to have to put Jimbo Fisher in just like a quarterback magic whisper type deal? I mean, what he's done with college quarterbacks, I mean, mm-hmm. we got Christian Ponder, Jameis Winston back at Florida State, E.J. Manuel great college careers who none of them have ever really done anything in the pros. And then he goes to A&M and Kellen Mond couldn't even tie his shoes last year. And all of a sudden it looks like the second coming of, I don't know who, I mean, yeah. they look good. 
disappointing finish. I don't know if the ball was actually over the pylon or not. It was a tough angle, tough call. I've seen some things about how disappointing it is for fumbling out of the end zone, resulting in an opposing touchback. That's a brutal call. Then you fumble anywhere else on the field, you get the ball back if it goes out of bounds. So I don't think they're going to change the rules of football anytime soon. But I think it showed that A&M is going to surprise a lot of people this year. And everybody that had that circled as an easy W, think again. Yeah, especially if you're going into College Station because that place was – it's always crazy. But, I mean, you know, midseason, if the team's not going well, it is what it is. But they look like they're going to pack it out. And if you can get the quarterback – like, they have skill players. It's just been the last two years their quarterback play has been subpar. So, I mean, if you can get that in check and if Mon's the guy, I mean, that – you're right. I mean, that no longer are they like a fifth or sixth place SEC West team. Like, we got to start talking about them in the top three. Um. I would say them or LSU or State is fighting for three. If yeah. With I mean, and Auburn at the top. And they'll play, they'll play State soon. I think they're pretty pretty early in the season. They play Mississippi State. And, you know, I mean, as far as it goes now, I mean, the way Kellamond has played, I, I don't know if he's, you know, he, he may outduel uh, Nick Fitzgerald. So it'll come down to the trenches. But, you know, that'll, that'll, that'll come one day. We'll, we'll, have, we'll have plenty of time to break that game down. Um, I know uh, we also watched most of – I know we were talking about it, um, the uh, – <laughs> Uh, Dan Mullen's SEC debut in Gamesville, uh, home game against the Kentucky Wildcats. Mark Stoops, Ugh. that was that was pretty rough. That pretty was rough. bad. I mean, it was his second game in yeah. Gainesville, but yeah, it was his first like big one. First SEC game, yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. But I thought you were saying total, but anyway, yeah, Kentucky did whatever they wanted. Felipe Franks is horrible, as we can see. <laughs> I mean, the dude threw, like, 11 for 40-something. Like, yeah. it was just awful. So, if that's anything to tell you, I think it's going to be a long year for Florida. And Mullen might mess around and win five or six even. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, uh, Kentucky, too. Like, they come out here with this kind of – like, last year they had the guys – I think it was Johnson – Stephen Johnson or Steven Johnson that was the quarterback last year that kind of surprised everybody. Now they got this other like Wilson kid, you know, Stoops is getting some players in there. I know they've always kind of, we talked about at the beginning of the season, they always start out good and and then falter, but you know, he's, it seems like he may be working his way a couple more of these wins like this. He may be working his way into, you know, holding on to that job, having a kind of a stranglehold on it to where they'll get off his back. Um, you know, but I mean, it was it was good to see. I mean, it was fun to watch. You know, he he's a pretty he's a pretty uh, theatrical coach, so it was fun to watch that team. You know, I like Benny Snell. There's some good good players on that team. Just a big shout out. This is all I'm gonna say about the game. Big shout out to Big Blue Nation. Hadn't beat him in 31 years since '86. Yep. That, that's got to be a good feeling. So, big shout out to Coach Stoops and all those guys. Yeah, I'm, was- I'm actually excited about going to Knoxville now to see this Tennessee Florida game because it actually might be a game. Yeah, yeah, that'll that'll be that'll be an interesting one to, to for sure. If you're going to that one, I mean, Mullen. There's only you know Florida has these kind of like uh, quote unquote rivals throughout the entire conference, and you know if he loses too many of those games or you know his first season, it's going to be very hot come come winter time. Um, but yeah, so that was a couple of games from last week. There were like I said, we was there wasn't much going on. There wasn't much out of conference. There was a couple of decent SEC games, but other than that. Um, like we said, Mississippi State covered at Kansas State. It was pretty easily. Um, but let's get into week three. want to uh, get into uh, Clay and Mike's bets. Then we'll cover a couple of um, 
We'll cover a couple of uh, money line bets at the end, kind of just across the across the country, different teams that you might throw in a parlay or take on its own some stuff that gets you some decent payouts. So let's get uh, let's get into the picks. Tell them to bring me my money. Yeah! All right, before I get to the picks, let's just get a week two recap of the most electric buying player in all of college football. Our pod <laughs> favorite, Mr. Greg Dortch. <laughs> Last week, Greg Dorch had seven receptions, 94 yards, one touchdown, three kick returns for 85 yards, three punt returns for 131 yards, two TDs, a 60-yarder and a 70-yarder. So he had a 43.7-yard average on punt returns last week. Heck of a weekend for Mr. Dorch. We're just we're padding the 19 Heisman campaign. Everybody's starting to starting to listen. It's building. It's building hype. The Greg Dorch hype is building. Just had to give an update there. They got Boston College in town this week in what looks to be a rain-soaked game. So we're not sure what Mr. Dorch will be able to do. But now we'll go to the games. First game is the lock of the year. I don't know what else to say. We got Alabama Crimson Tide minus 19.5 at my beloved Ole Miss Rebels. Not big on going against my team, but when free money is there, you have to take free money. Last year, games in Tuscaloosa, Bama wins 66-3. to And basically, we're working with the same Ole Miss team this year besides our quarterback went up to Michigan to sling it around there. I don't know what to say. Ole Miss's defense is just terrible is not even the word to put it. I mean, Southern Illinois was winning at half. They scored every possession in the first half, I believe. I, I just don't see any way Bama doesn't win by, honestly, 30. Not, the line started at 19.5. It's at 21 now. I would have taken it up to 28. I, I see this game going probably about a 63-21 to 21 type game. The Ole Miss offense is good. It's really good, but but the Bama defense is even better. So, I, I just don't see – I don't see any way Ole Miss can keep it within 30, to be honest. Over under 71, might want to sprinkle some on that. But that's the, that's the lock of the century. Million-dollar lock of the century. First one we put on this pod this year. Bama, minus 19 and a half. Million dollar lock of the century. Yeah, that game too, right? That was one of your picks, right, Mike? Yeah, it was. And if you know J Mac, and if anybody listened last year, we had Alabama minus twenty eight last year. That was a mortal lock. That was yeah. just pure lock. That was one of my lock of the weeks. It's another one this week. I mean, Clay definitely is on top of this. Southern Illinois last week. I don't know if you knew this. They only punted three times last week when they played Ole Miss. Um, Ole Miss is ranked 123rd. out have 128 in the country in total defense in their two games. Um, Tua over at Alabama, he's already thrown six TDs, 455 yards in two games. He's only gotten like, I think, 60% of the snaps, roughly. Yeah, not even a full game, yeah. So, and – on top of Ole Miss just allowing 40-something, I mean, yes, we need to take the over, absolutely. But I think Ole Miss can score. They'll get a few on the board, but it is definitely a 30-plus game. Yeah, so you think the offense for Ole Miss, maybe especially it's at home, it's a home game, maybe a little bit better than last year. They'll put up a few on their end, but still a pretty high-scoring game from Alabama's side. I mean, they'll have better QB play for the you know, greater part of the game with Tua than Hurts last year. So I think you're right. I mean, I think – Keep in mind the over uh, at seventy one. So you said it's 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 over under seventy one. Yeah, it came out today over under seventy one. So yeah, load up. 
you have two quarterbacks from the state of Hawaii. There you, oh, yeah. Battling it out. Got to be the first. Yeah. Got to be the first SEC game in history with that, correct? Yeah, we, we'll check the, we, we'll check we the numbers. We got to fact check that for sure. I'll call Paul Feinbaum and he'll let me know. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, we'll go back to Houston's the same game. We'll go to your next one, Mike. What do you got? I'm going to take Mizzou minus seven at Purdue. Uh, mm-hmm. Purdue's zero and two right now. They host Drew Locke at the Tigers. Missouri's definitely the fan favorite for the pod. It continues to be the tradition here. Missouri is fourth in the country in passing yards, and Purdue has the 107th spot in passing yards allowed. Therefore, Drew Locke is going to have a field day. Uh, Mizzou's covered nine out of the last 11 games. Purdue did give Northwestern a bit of a scare in week one, but they followed up with a quality loss to Eastern Michigan. So we're riding Drew Locke to the abyss. Love those quality losses. I'm on this one as well. I love it. I'm a huge Mizzou guy this year. I'm, I'm riding with you, Mike, on Drew Locke. Purdue is allowing through two games against Northwestern and Eastern Michigan, they're allowing 291-yard passing yards per game. On the other hand, Mizzou's averaging 396. So the matchups work out well for us. The only problem we have is Mizzou has UGA coming to town next week, which could potentially be – honestly, Mizzou might be better than South Carolina for second best in the East. So it could be an early season SEC showdown, maybe a look-ahead game. But seven is just too small. I think think Mizzou rolls. Purdue beat them last year in Columbia, second week of the year, 38-3. to I don't know how that happened, but I think we we get payback. Mizzou rolls. We get paid. Sprinkle some on the Mizzou team total over whenever that comes out because that's been a huge, huge bet of the pod for so far this season. Mizzou scores 40 every game, but I'm with you there. Mizzou minus seven at Purdue. There I got to go back and check. I'm pretty sure we had the Purdue-Missouri game on the pod last yeah. year. Am I right? I feel like we did. Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like we did. Did we ride Purdue? Uh, no, I think we lost. I think we went with uh, Mizzou. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. I know because it was right after that week that Mizzou. We may have gone Purdue because Mizzou almost lost to like Eastern Missouri or something, South and West Missouri, the game before. Oh yeah, they struggled. At, they struggled at the beginning. Clay, yeah. tell us your next pick, and I'll be looking at it while y'all are doing that. Yeah, what you got, Clay? All right, the next pick. We're gonna go with a team that let us down last week. Let Mike down. The hometown Memphis Tigers. We have um, Memphis minus 25 and a half against Georgia State on Friday night in the Liberty Bowl. We all know oh. how well Memphis is on Friday nights. But basically you're looking – Memphis struggled at Navy and honestly struggled because of coaching. They had their chances. Mike Norvell lost it. He even said so in the post game. Saw his presser today. He said he's still sick to his stomach about some of the coaching decisions. Terrible quarterback play from Brady White. But Darrell Henderson, I will go on record on this podcast and say Darrell Henderson, if not the fastest, he's top five fastest player in college football. So far this year, he's got 22 carries for 288, four TDs. That's a 13.1 average per carry. And for some reason, they did not run the ball with him late in the game when it was pouring down rain. And nobody will ever know. They suffered a loss because of it. Don't really know much about Georgia State. They, they got beat by NC State last week, I believe, 42-7. to seven. But basically, we're just – Memphis could name their number here. They, they don't play again until next Saturday, and that's South Alabama, so they're not looking ahead to anything. They got eight days of rest. Memphis wins by 35, and we're getting paid. 
there it is. Redemption from last week. Yeah, that was a pretty tough game uh, from Memphis. You know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of people questioning the coaching there, which has not been the case for Norvell really in his tenure yet. He has he has so. gotten the high praise, but it, it mm-hmm. flipped on it this week. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, honestly, though, it's I think it's good from a fan like from a fan base perspective because it's like okay, people are are, are caring about it now. Like Memphis football has actually become like a story. So I mean, over the I mean, obviously they were with uh, Fuente there too, but it's like now it's become something that like people in the city are pretty fired up about. And I mean, you're going to have some negative negative feed, uh, feedback there as well. But I think that's good for the state of the program, regardless. You know, Navy's not a bad team historically, so it's not going to look like a, a blip on the record. But um, but did you have any stats for us, Mike? Or you want to go to your next game? No, I did actually. I found it. It mm-hmm. was week three of college football, Mizzou. Host to Purdue, I took Purdue against the spread plus seven. I was not high on Missouri back then because beginning of the year they had lost like their first six games or five games or something. So, yeah, Purdue was eight and one against the spread at that point on the road. So, but they're not a they're not away. So we're good. Yeah. It would have sucked if you looked that up and you took Missouri. So I'm glad glad it was right. Um, so yeah, so that would uh. After Clay's going with uh, Memphis, uh, Memphis covering. What do you? What's your next one, Mike? I got Toledo Rockets. Oh, hosting Miami, Florida, which just smells trap to me. But mm. we're taking Toledo ten and a half. Uh, Mark Rick, he's kind of had a rocky start with this team. I know they blew out uh, the team they played last week, seventy-seven to zero. Savannah State. Didn't know that was a team, but they're going to the glass ball. No, hey, Go ahead. Not to interrupt, but that was the highest line I've ever seen. That line was 61 and a half. Yeah, oh 61 God. and a half. It was ridiculous. But overall, they don't know what the glass ball is like. It's going to get rowdy. Uh, they're <laughs> one in five against the spread. Uh, recently, Miami is, and they're also one in five. No, one in four on the road against the spread. Toledo's covered seven out of their last ten. I think with two weeks to prepare for Miami, Toledo's going to be ready. I mean, they had a bye week last week, a very early bye week, which is weird how early teams could get bye weeks. But absolutely, I'll take Toledo two weeks prepped to cover 10 and a half. And that's an early game, too. That's, a, that's an 11 o'clock game in Ohio. Guys making the trip up there. That's, you're right. That's a good trap game of a team that didn't look good in the opener, played a cupcake the next week where they didn't really have to do too much, you know, put up, you know, maybe they're feeling themselves again. That's a good, it's a good trap game. That's a, that's a good line. I mean, it's still, it's honestly kind of lower than you'd think. Um, it you really know, is. Half. You would you'd love to have a couple extra points too. But oh, I'll be watching all week to get some more. Yeah. They go up. Um, yeah. So that's a good one. What's up, Clay? What's your, what's your next one? For the next one, we're going in a little time capsule. We're going back to 1998 with this next pick. We're going with Power T, Tennessee Volunteers, minus 28 and a half at home against the UTEP Miners. UTEP Miners, no other way to put it. They're the worst team in college football. There's no other way to put it. They had a home loss on the first game of the year, 30 to 10 versus Northern Arizona at home, which they were underdogs to Northern Arizona at home. Then they lost last week at UNLV, 52-24. to 24. Basically, 
Tennessee won last week against East Tennessee State University, 59-3. to Nothing special. But Tennessee has got to get it rolling. They, they don't have a lot of wins on the schedule, so this is one of them they can get. I think they named their number here. I'm seeing them win like 52-3 to or something. UTEP is just that bad. So we're going, we're going with Blake Thornton's Tennessee Volunteers mm. in this one. Ooh, shout out to Blake. <laughs> well, we got a. I mean, I got fifty-five to thirteen, Clay. So we're pretty close on our numbers. You got that um, one too, Mike. Yeah, I got Tennessee covering that as well. Um, definitely a game where Tennessee is going to be coming into as to a finish strong to a bye week for Florida to come into town the next week. So it's going to be interesting. But I think Pruitt's definitely got this one on his count cal- or Florida on his calendar as a must-win for this you know, program for his start here in Knoxville. But mm-hmm. they definitely are going to be focused more on this week, but hopefully they don't lose focus of that. I'm just begging on how bad UTEP is, really, because they went 0-12 last year. No signs of getting better. So we're riding Tennessee. Feels like 98. <laughs> Close to it. Yep. You got any more, Mike, or is that uh, – I think I lost count in the middle. Well, due to an unfortunate postponing slash cancel of Central Florida at North Carolina, that was going to be the easiest money on the Eastern Seaboard. But now I got to roll with App State minus sixteen and a half hosting Southern Miss, or lo and behold, Southern Miss. They're not they're not great. Um, Appalachian State they played toe for toe with Penn State all the way to the end. Uh, lost an OT, Southern Miss, kind of off to a shaky year. They lost to UL Monroe last week, 21-20. to 20. They were a five-point favorite, ended up blowing it. Uh, they beat Jackson State pretty bad the week before, but everybody beats up on Jackson State. We all know that. Um, I just think that with them being a home game uh, and also Southern Miss just kind of having a questionable coaching staff already, I think this is an easy one. Three touchdowns. No good. Three touchdown, the three touchdown win for uh, for App State. Yeah, I mean they're they're a notorious team. I mean, you know, I, I, Southern Miss going to play them. I guess are they are they in the same? They're they're in Conference USA now, right? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay, so that's a conference game. I always forget. I feel like Conference USA. I feel like they swap two or three teams every year. It's it's hard to keep track. And of. somehow Southern Miss could never get out. Yeah. <laughs> They're the, they've been in there for, since the beginning of time. They still still can't still can't claw their way out. Um, Clay, did you have anything left? Uh, I, like I said, I lost count on yours too. Yeah, this is my fifth and final yep. pick. We got uh, the South Carolina Gamecocks giving thirteen and a half at home against Marshall on Saturday. South Carolina took it on the chin on Saturday, but I think that's more of a testament to just really how good that Georgia team is. The Alabama, the East, basically is what they say. But South Carolina looks to get back on schedule. They have a road game next week at Vandy. So, starting a starting conference play there. We have the South Carolina rush defense allows 198 yards per game. But that's after they have got, got ripped apart by Swift. So, I, I think they get that number back down. This Marshall team, they're 2-0, and but they have a seven-point win at Miami of Ohio and then a 16-point win at home versus Eastern Kentucky. So, I don't think they really do too much. But look for South Carolina to pick up the tempo. They really move the ball a lot now. They're, they're fast. They like to go fast. So, Jake Bentley, that's what he's built on. 
I see him throwing three or four TDs here. I, I see us getting a 21-point victory here to wrap up a 5-0 and week. There it is, 5-0 and for both for everybody. Once again. 10-0. and 10-0 across the board. Um, yeah, so that's uh, – you guys uh, run through those games real quick. Just give the, the, the school and, the, and the, the number or whatever. And uh, just so for everybody, I mean, we'll tweet them out too. Yeah, I got App State minus 16.5 hosting Southern Miss. Tennessee 28.5 on UTEP. Toledo covering 10.5 against Miami. Mizzou minus 7 at Purdue. Central, psych, that one's canceled. Alabama minus 19.5 at Ole Miss. What do you got, Clay? Uh, I got uh, the Bama, Mizzou, and Tennessee lines that he did. And then I have Memphis minus 25.5 versus Georgia State. I think that line's at 28 now, which I would still sprinkle on it. Memphis names their number this Saturday. Then I got South Carolina at home minus 13.5 versus the Marshall Thundering Herd. There it is. 10-0. Let's go. And then also wanted to ask you guys real quick. I was just thumbing through some of the bigger games for the weekend. I think probably the biggest one is uh, LSU-Auburn. Um, you know, LSU going to Auburn. It's the first test for both teams. I get. Well, no, Auburn, uh, the week one game versus Washington. But first test for LSU. Um, the line's only – where did it go? I lost it. It's only uh, – it's nine-point favorite for Auburn. You guys see anything there? You think, yep. you think LSU can go in there and get the win? Absolutely not. <laughs> no doubt. It, it opened at, It opened at 10, so it already had that early point move. I, I don't know. I guess we'll find out what LSU is made of. Yeah. Over-under, I think, was 45, which I felt was relatively low. But both defenses are good. We'll find out what Joe Burrows is made of, first road test. But I see Auburn rolling. I mean, if Auburn won by seven, I wouldn't be surprised. But if they won by 17, I wouldn't be surprised. It's really just a – Tune in and watch and enjoy. I don't right. see myself yeah. this on this. It's a stay away. It's kind of that number where it's like you could, yeah, like you said, you could see Auburn, you know, controlling the game, but winning by like eight or seven or eight, you know, with a late field goal or late touchdown. So, yeah, this is one of those. Well, yeah, this is one of those games basically where you're just relaxing, mm-hmm. enjoying football yeah. without any type of bet because you really don't know what's going to happen, but yeah. it'll be fun either way. Yeah, gotcha. Just want to get your guys' take on it since it looked kind of like the biggest one out there. Besides Vanderbilt going into Notre Dame and would really help my season win total if they came out with a win. I don't know if they will. Ball State gave Notre Dame all they could handle last week. Be great if Vanderbilt came out, but unlikely. 14 point dogs. So, is we'll Andy getting a home game out of that, or is it just a go to Notre Dame deal? It's got to be right. Got to be just a go. I don't see Notre Dame's not going on the road to any SEC team. Yeah, they're not going to Commonwealth. No, Commonwealth's Kentucky, but they're not going to Nashville. No, they're no, they're not going to Nashville. And then I wanted to make a correction too from uh, from last week when we were talking about Texas. I just like I literally heard this like the day after I said it. I said like that Texas hadn't really scheduled any teams out of conference lately, besides like Maryland, and uh, they don't schedule any teams like USC or anything like that. I mentioned them specifically for some reason, and they happen to play USC this year, so it was a good call by me. <laughs> and last year. And last year, exactly. So, I did notice that. Yeah, so thanks, you guys, for catching it in real time. Appreciate that. Um, so that's that's some good research by your guy. Um, regardless, uh, let's move in. I kind of wanted to – I meant to do it last week, but I had a couple of three or four games, uh, I, and I chatted with Clay and Mike about this before. 
wanted to go over some money line bets so you could throw into some parlays or just take them uh, take them as you uh, you know by themselves. They're all underdogs, so I kind of kept it to that because that's kind of the most. I'm not going with the heavy favorites to just make some money or like what you do in the NFL. I'm just going to stick it with the underdogs. Um, Hawaii going on the road at uh, to Army. We chatted about that game. That that one stands out because Hawaii's three and zero. They've already won like at Navy and Rice. Or they are one at Colorado State. They beat Navy and Rice. They're putting up, you know, almost 50 points a game. Um, you know, and, and uh, Army's only uh, one and one. They've only played two games, but they lost to Duke and they beat Liberty, who, you know, it's a, they're barely even Division One. They just started Division One, So, they're plus two, 205. I think that's a pretty good bet. I mean, I think uh, Hawaii was like plus four as well on the line. So, there's a couple good bets there. And then um, – I had Syracuse plus 140 just because of the way Florida State's been playing. They're, uh, Florida State's going on the road to Syracuse. Um, you know, Syracuse is nothing to write home about, but just, uh, you know, one of those games that Florida State was looked awful last week. They had to come from behind to beat uh, South or the Samford last week. So, um, you know, nothing, nothing confident there. And then uh, one more in the SEC, uh, North Texas going into Fayetteville. After Arkansas lost to Colorado State, they're plus 240. And I've heard some good things about Texas, uh, North Texas. They got a couple of athletes there. Um, and I think they've played them well in the past. Maybe it was last year that they did. Um, but I think that would be uh, – that's a game to watch out for because Arkansas did not look inspiring at all. Like their offense does not look that great at all. So I honestly can't fathom mm-hmm. uh, Arkansas losing two non-Power 5 games – Two weeks in a row. Yeah. Well, yeah. They could have kept Brett Belima for that. <laughs> exactly. Chad Morris trying to win with Belima's players. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, I think a guy like Morris needs time to get his guys in there. But, I mean, if you do t- – you still, even as an SEC program in a rebuilding year, you don't lose the – you don't lose to Colorado State and North Texas. Like, they're okay if you lose to LSU and, and Auburn and stuff like that. But don't – you can't be losing these out of conference games because then your season's going to end up being like two and two and ten, you know, three and three yeah. and nine, and that's that is going to be rough. The one downfall about his loss last week is they were up fifteen in the second half. You, you yeah. just can't do that. It'd be one thing if they never were winning and he's just mm-hmm. losing without with uh, Bolima's players, but if you're up fifteen, you got to close that out. You have to. Yeah, I mean, you can't. I mean, you're just you're a better program. You can't do that. I mean, it's not like Bielema was, like, awful his entire time there. I mean, he kind of seemed like he was checked out at the end. But he's got athletes there. He's got Division One NFL-caliber athletes there, So, and especially on the offensive line. So, um, But anyway, so that was a couple. I had Hawaii plus 205, Syracuse plus 140, and North Texas plus 240. I'm going to put a bet in right after this pod. I'm probably going to do a parlay, uh, you know, a cheap parlay with all of them and then just do them individually because that's, that's my thing. I like money lines. Um. You Did love you parlays uh, too? I love parlays. I'm the, basically the parlay kid, like cousin Sal's Sal's buddy. I always end up losing my money in there. And I get I get sucked in. Um, but yeah, so I due to my you know lapse in your you know memory lapse last week, I forgot to get you guys' locks of the week. So I want to make sure that we get both 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 the picks this week. So what's the? I know Clay already kind of hinted at it with with his, but just recap it for for the sake of the listeners. It's not just the lock of the week. It's the million-dollar <laughs> lock of the century. Stone Alabama, Crimson Tide, they roll. I, that's all we can say. 
If, if you have a hundred dollars, put it on them. If you have a hundred thousand dollars, put it on them. <laughs> it's enough's been said. Yeah. Go ahead. What's yours, Mike? Golly, that's, that's epic. Don't, don't copy. Don't, don't jump on the bandwagon. You gotta go a different game. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not copying. I'll, I'll take my life with clay on that old Miss game, but I'll also roll with Mizzou minus seven. Mizzou minus seven. Yeah. Ooh, that's I a think, tough one to go as lock of the week, honestly. But I, just, I mean, ballsy. That's double digit game. Mm-hmm. It's double digit game. Yeah. Two rose favorites as the locks of the week. Yeah. Ballsy. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we're not scared here. We're making money. Um, Yep. So any other closing comments from you guys, any other things you're looking forward to this weekend, any games that I, you know, didn't, didn't bring up besides LSU Auburn, anything else that you guys want to touch on before we get out of here? We've seen the, uh, the biggest line movement in almost five years this week, Duke opened as a two point favorite, but they lost their starting quarterback, the Daniel kid, and then their starting defensive back, their best defensive player last week. So the line opened at minus two Duke, and it is net now at minus eight Baylor. Baylor's got them at home in Waco. So that's the second most line movement since Western Kentucky Bandy moved 17 back in 2015. Just an interesting yeah. piece of it. Baylor's got – it's six point right now on mine. But that's that's still good. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, also, I did want to point out here, you know, you gave your Dorch update earlier – they're actually underdogs at home versus BC who decided to become an offensive juggernaut this year. And they've scored 55 and 62 points respectively in their last two games. Now they played UMass and Holy Cross. So, you know, besides our love for UMass, there's not some stiff competition there, but you think there's a chance that Dorch, you know, brings them to the big, I mean, that they're, that's kind of a juicy number there too. I mean, they're plus 180 money line and plus six at home to cover. You think there's a chance that you're, you know, the demon Deacons can do it. You know, if we could get it at seven, I would sprinkle a little on it just because they're playing at home. But it's the last game. The starting quarterback is out. The three-game suspension. Mm -hmm. Hurricane is coming in. They've already moved up the kickoff time two hours. So, it's obviously going to be raining there, probably windy. BC has a good running back. But Wake Forest has a better offensive line. I think it's a low-scoring game. If you can get it at seven, we'll jump on it. Probably not going to be a Greg Dortch huge highlight game in those conditions. But don't doubt the most electrifying player in college football. Yeah, and that's a Thursday night game. I didn't even realize that. So that's that's a, a nice one, you know, in a, in, a, in a slower night besides the NFL to to get some to make some money if you want something interested, you know, if you want to be interested in the game. I'll give you one more freebie, just for the just for the finish. Go ahead and take seventy one over Houston Texas Tech playing in Jerry Land. Whoa, it's going to be a shootout. Plus Texas Tech is not being allowed to wear their white uniforms because Houston's rejecting them. Wow. Because it's the classic cotton game, and the visiting team is Texas Tech – or Houston this year. Traditionally, the visiting team in this rivalry game wears white. However, Texas Tech, they wanted to wear their whites in Jerry Jones uh, AT&T Stadium, and Houston said no. We're wearing them. So, I feel like and Texas Tech is going to come in with a bang. And we love that type of pettiness here at the pod. Good we for do. them. Yeah, that's that's the kind of information you need going into the bets because there's going to be some animosity there. Houston looks looks for real too. So, 
Um, but yeah, guys, we'll get out of here with that. Um, we'll tweet out the pod. We're recording this on a Tuesday night, a little earlier this week. So we'll have it out Wednesday morning or Wednesday midday. And, uh, we'll get the, we'll get the picks out on the tweets as well. Um, yeah. Otherwise than that guys, appreciate you guys jumping on good episode four. Keep, keep winning. Stay above 500. Let's go. Stay above 500. Yeah. Thanks guys. See y'all next week. Peace. Like September, I fall down, 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 down below. Now know that the medicine be on call. Yeah, was feeling like you had enough to melt. Yeah, can't trust no one, can't even trust yourself. Yeah, and I love you, I don't love nobody else. Yeah, tell them they can take that bullshit elsewhere. Self care, I'm treating me right. Yeah, hell yeah, we're gonna be. Alright, gon' be alright. I switch the time zone, but what do I know? Spending nights, bitch, hiking, where will I go? I can fly home with my eyes closed, but if you kinda hard to see, there's no surprise though. And you can find me, I ain't hiding. I don't move my feet when I be gliding. I just slide in, and then I roll up.
Yeah. Well, didn't know what I was missing. Now I see a little different. I was taking too much. Got stuck in oblivion, yeah, yeah. Oblivion, yeah, yeah. Oblivion, yeah, yeah. I got all the time in the world. So for now, I'm just chilling. Plus, I know it's a, it's a beautiful feeling. In oblivion, yeah, yeah. Quickly then get up slow yeah. I just connect and upload Watch it spin around We just spin it round It's gonna travel through the unknown yeah. We play it cool, we know we fucked up yeah. You keep on saying you went love So tell me are you really down No, you really down